Like most kids, I didn't like bugs. I was afraid of some, but most I didn't like. They were an annoyance. The bug that annoyed me most was the irritating mosquito. I loved to play outside, and they lived outside. And it seems they lived to bite me. I would come in from playing and scratching and full of huge mosquito bites. Sometimes I would sit and wonder, why are they here? All they do is bite people and suck their blood. They even spread one of the deadliest diseases in the world, malaria. Even though I don't understand it, they are here for a purpose. You too are here for a purpose. I've got a word on purpose on this episode of A Word with Anthony Wood. Purpose. Noun. The reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. I would scratch my head while scratching my head trying to figure out why was this mosquito here? As a kid, my reasoning skills weren't the best. I recall a nursery rhyme we sang in class about an old lady. Now bear with me, it isn't a song with a comprehensive list, but it gave me a start. It was about an old lady that swallowed a fly. I don't know why she swallowed a fly. Perhaps she'll die. Now, that's not my conclusion. That's the conclusion of the song. Again, I said, bear with me. Then this old lady swallowed a spider. The spider wriggled and jiggled and tickled inside her. I know, I know this is seemingly created another problem, but it was for a reason. She swallowed the spider to catch the fly. I don't know why she swallowed the fly. Perhaps she'll die. Anyway, the song goes on and on and subsequently ends up with her eating several things to catch another thing. Maybe I'm being too analytical, especially of a nursery rhyme, but I gathered a few takeaways. Number one, she ate the subsequent animals because they had a purpose, even if the purpose was to get rid of another animal. Number two, once she ate the horse, she died. Of course. Number three, there were no mosquitoes. Seriously, I turned to this point when trying to find out why mosquitoes were here in the first place. I was a kid. Bear with me. Number four, a point that intrigues me to this day. We don't know how or why she swallowed the fly. At this point, I had to turn to the wisest person I knew, my granny. I asked her, Granny, why are mosquitoes here? Keep in mind, I'm trying to find a clear answer to a deep query of mine. She told me so that another bug could eat it. Now that rattled my mind. Why would God create an animal just for another animal to eat it? 
Why? Why? I'm not sure how long this deep conversation lasted, but I do recall her final response. She said, I don't know exactly why it's here, but it has a purpose because it's here. Now, that may not mean much for you, but that principle that she expressed still helps me to this day. As a person of faith, there is one passage that many Christians turn to when trying to understand what is happening. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. I will further develop this point a little later, but consider this statement. Everything has a season. Everything has a time within a season. Everything has a purpose. This is perhaps the passage that people share the common quote, everything happens for a reason. For most people, we can wrap our mind around the statement, but what really cooks our noodle is trying to understand what is the purpose, and even higher, what is my purpose. The writer of the book of Ecclesiastes, some consider to be Solomon later in life, gives a very cynical and oversimplified view of life. In short, don't read this book if you're feeling low. He says things like, vanity is vanity. All is vanity. Work is vanity. Beauty is vanity. To some degree and with a certain lens of perspective, these things are true. On one level, we go to school to gain a good education. We use that good education to help to generate good grades so that we can gain access to higher education in college. We go to college so that we may earn degrees. We earn those degrees so that we can get what is considered to be a good job. We get good jobs so that we can make good money. We make good money so we can pay for a good home. We work our good jobs to make good money to pay our bills. And the cycle continues. But on that continuum, we run into a pattern that we're basically working to eat. And we're eating so that we can have the energy to work. Thus, work is vanity. He even goes on to suggest that life is just a path to death. Everything that lives dies. But wait, by that scope, if we're not careful, we're just like trees and animals and even bugs. We live just to die. No, no, no. That can't be it. What separates the value in our lives is the fact that we live for purpose. Yes, we work and earn money and buy things, etc. But for the most part, we choose jobs that align with our values and serve some kind of purpose, something higher than just production and consumption. Let's consider how we're made. We're made to think beyond ourselves, even beyond our existence. Animals are not considering what's taking place beyond mating season. Some say 
But what about the squirrels gathering nuts? They are set on automatic to gather nuts. Hollow trees have been found full of nuts because squirrels just know to gather and gather and gather. But we consider things beyond ourselves. We look to the heavens and consider that there is something more than here. The same Ecclesiastian writer says that God put heaven in our hearts. Now, however you interpret that statement, at minimum, we know that God made us to know and to think about things greater than ourselves, namely him. Even down to our very cells, we are made with purpose. As the fertilized egg develops and divides, at some point, a few cells begin to vibrate and pulsate. These cells begin to clump together, vibrating together. As they divide and grow, these vibrating cells will eventually develop to become the heart. Those cells began with purpose and continue to beat throughout the life of the person because that is their purpose. Just as those cells have a beat, there's something within you that God implanted that has been beating within you, a fire that has ignited in you from before you were born. There was a young Hebrew boy born in the worst times of Egypt. The Pharaoh at the time had sent forth an edict for all the male children to be killed at birth. The mother of this young child hid him in the river to evade the edict of death. He ends up in Pharaoh's palace found by Pharaoh's daughter. He grows up as an Egyptian, knowing the language and the culture. But he also was a Hebrew. Upon the crisis in his life, he leaves Egypt running away from that life and attempting to run away from his Hebrew life as well. But while running, he ends up in Midian shepherding sheep. God appears to him as a bush that was on fire, but not consumed. Like that bush, Moses had a fire burning in him, but had not consumed him. He had a fire and a drive for leading God's people. Even though he tried to run away from it, leadership was his purpose. Most of us think that leadership means you have to be gifted as a speaker or gifted with looks or wealth. Those may be good, but are not requisites. Moses didn't have eloquent speech. As a matter of fact, he probably had a speech impediment. But as we look at his life and his background, he struggled even with identity crisis. But leadership and influence was his purpose. In another instance, God shows Jeremiah that he makes and molds us similar to that of a potter. Potters make pottery knowing its purpose and utilizing that in its design. Form and function are made at the same time. God doesn't make us and then waits to a later date and decides our purpose. He made us on purpose with purpose for purpose.
when you were born, where you were born, the family to whom you were born, it was all a part of the purpose. Just as with Moses, Joshua, Joseph, Jeremiah, and everyone else, there's something that God wants us to accomplish within our lifetime. And virtually everything in our life contributes in some way to that purpose. On a daily basis, our minds should be tuned to the question, what is the purpose? This is the question that Ecclesiastes begs us to consider. When we zoom out as far as we can and we look at what's going on, the question must be asked, what is the purpose? Everything we do must have intention and accountability. Spoiler alert, both of those words are future words we will discuss. Why? Because we don't have the time or energy to waste. What is the purpose of the goals you have set before you? What is the purpose of this relationship? What is the purpose of this discussion or this argument? What is the purpose? What is the purpose? That question forces us to define and assign our attention and intentions and our expenditures of time and resources. It is a question that will help you to align your goals with your values and convictions. It is a question that will cause you to examine the crowd that surrounds you and the reason that you want them around you. What is the purpose? We can ask that question because of the obvious conclusion. Everything has a purpose. Every person, place, or thing, or even season has a purpose. As I look back over my life, I think about the people that have been a part of my life. One of my friends put it this way, some are in your life for a reason and some are in your life for a season. That is a sobering thought when I think about it. I think about the elderly woman from church I got to know as a kid. She struggled with many issues in her life but she was also one of the sweetest people you'd ever know. Looking back, she was probably in my life for about five years. At the time that I knew her, five years was a third of my life. Now, five years is just a glimpse. But for some purpose, I needed her. I needed her wisdom and the lessons from her struggles. I needed her in that season of my life. But what really humbles me is that I too am like that for someone else. In someone's life, I'm a glimpse, a moment in the comprehensive story of their life. I may have been a major component or just an extra on the set, but for a moment in time, I served a purpose. We can even think of the adversities that we face. We can all agree that adversity teaches us a lesson at some point or another. But sometimes the adversity we face lasts a couple of weeks, 
or it can last a couple of years. It serves a purpose. As I zoom out, I think about toddlers. At one point in life, the biggest obstacle they had to face was taking a step without falling. But overcoming that obstacle led to other obstacles and other challenges, from walking to running to leading and guiding others. Sometimes the purpose of this season is for you to learn a lesson, and sometimes the purpose of this season is to teach a lesson. Even if I don't understand the purpose, there is one. In my line of work, I often find myself in places where I ask, why am I here? I've been given opportunities to speak at places that I don't have a direct connection with any of the people there. I've been presented with opportunities for which I've never applied. I've been sitting in a foreign country on an obscure location, and sometimes I ask myself, why am I here? And like the mosquito, if it is here, it has a purpose. Or more simply stated, your purpose is tied to your presence. God will put you in places that you may not instantly know why or how, but you can know one element. If you're there, there is a reason for you to be there. I'm speaking to someone now who may be walking into a boardroom within a year or someone who may be walking into a new chapter of their life, a new venture that right now you can't see or fathom. The Bible speaks of a man who was born blind. He lived his entire life blind, never seeing night or day, never seeing a blade of grass or its color, never seeing the faces of loved ones other than what his imagination could construct. But on one day, Jesus passed by where this man was. The crowd debated why the man was born blind. Jesus declared it wasn't connected to sin, but rather connected to God's deliverance. That answer may still confound some, but here's another perspective on the matter. This man had to live all his life for this moment. Perhaps he sat in the city square that day wondering, why am I here? And this was the day that Jesus passed by. Sometimes people wonder why they have certain gifts, skills, talents, or abilities. Perhaps your purpose is tied to your presence. You are where you need to be to fulfill your purpose. Even if others don't understand why you are there, you are there on purpose. Consider another story. One day, Elijah was standing before King Ahab and telling him that God said the rain would stop. God tells Elijah to go down to the creek because he had talked with the birds to feed Elijah. Elijah went, and lo and behold, here come the birds to feed him. But this is where it gets mind-blowing. Then God tells him to go to Zarephath, because he would meet a widow there who would provide for him. When he arrives in Zarephath, he sees a widow gathering sticks. 
following her home, we find that she was gathering sticks to make a fire to cook a final meal for her and her son to eat and die. He ends up sharing a word of God and miraculously provides for her and her son to live a long time. Consider this, in order for her to be in the right place in her life, she had to meet a man, fall in love, marry him, then bear a son, then her husband die, then almost give up on life so that at the right time, Elijah would obey God and meet her in the city. Wow. I told you, everything has a purpose. And that's not to say that everything will feel good or even that we will understand its purpose, but everything has a purpose. It reminds me of another story I heard years ago about an ant and a contact lens. Brenda was almost halfway to the top of the tremendous granite cliff. She was standing on a ledge where she was taking a breather during this, her first rock climb. As she rested there, the safety rope snapped against her eye and knocked out her contact lens. Great, she thought. Here I am on a rock ledge, hundreds of feet from the bottom and hundreds of feet from the top of this cliff, and now my sight is blurry. She looked and looked, hoping that somehow it had landed on the ledge, but it wasn't there. She felt panic rising in her, so she began praying. She prayed for calm, and she prayed that she may find her contact lens. When she got to the top, a friend examined her eye and her clothing for the lens, but it was not to be found. Although she was calm now, she was at the top. She was saddened because she could not clearly see across the range of mountains. She thought, Lord, you can see all these mountains. You know every stone and leaf. You know exactly where my contact is. Please help me. Later, when they hiked down the trail to the bottom of the cliff, they met another party of climbers starting up the face of the cliff. One of them shouted out, Well, that would be startling enough, but do you know why the climber saw it? An ant was moving slowly across a twig on the face of the rock, carrying it. The story doesn't end there. Brenda's father is a cartoonist. When she told him the incredible story of the ant, the prayer, and the contact lens, he drew a cartoon of an ant lugging the contact lens with the caption, Lord, I don't know why you want me to carry this thing. I can't eat it, and it's awfully heavy. But if this is what you want me to do, I'll carry it for you. Sometimes, like the mosquito or the cicada, we don't understand why. But their presence says there's a purpose. Once again, God woke you up gave you breath and cognition. You are here for a purpose. Mark Twain said that the two most important days of your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. What is the purpose? 
What is your purpose? At minimum, we are made to reflect the creator. Are you living up to your purpose? Everything and everyone that needs you is waiting. I hope that this word has been helpful. Thank you for sharing a word with Anthony Walker.